This episode of I'm Reviewing Here is sponsored by BetterHelp. That is actually a lie. I just said that because I've always wanted to say that because every podcast I listen to, they always announce BetterHelp as a sponsor and it sounds so much fun and they do great things. And how do I get on board to get them as a sponsor? Help me! I'm reviewing here! Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here, a podcast where I, Matthew Bussey, watch and review sight and sound top greatest movies. Sight and sounds top greatest movies of all time. Fuck. I always goddamn get it wrong. You know what, though? I'm not going to re record this intro. It is what it is. That's life. Get on with it. Get okay with it. Get on with it. It's no big deal. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is going to be a very fun, romantical. Is that a word? Romantical? If it is, people like never say it. It's going to be a fun little romantic episode. I'm going to get naked. No. Um, the movie today is a very famous British romance movie. It's a very famous movie by a very famous director who is more recognized for doing his epic movies. And this one is a little... I, I wouldn't call this movie epic. Not ex- Like, no way, actually. I would not call it epic at all. But it is what it is. I kind of wish... Ugh. Would have been so good if it was like Valentine's Day and I was reviewing this movie. Yeah, this movie has all the ingredients of every single epic, romantic movie possible, you know? Especially, and it's in black and white too, and everyone is so poised and, and British and, you know... Yeah, it's a lot. It, it's definitely a lot. But um, I'm feeling good though. I am glad that I watched it. Or I'm feeling good. I don't know why I said that. It's, uh, you know... June. June has arrived. June has arrived. June is here. I got a lot in store and I've prepared absolutely nothing. So I'm just honestly going to wing this episode. Let's just get right into it. You know, Brief Encounter is the movie we're reviewing today. Take a listen. until a few weeks ago. This is my whole world. And it's enough. Or rather it was until a few weeks ago. Can I help you? Uh, oh, no, please, it's only something in my eye. Try pulling your eyelid down as far as it'll go. And then blowing your nose. Please let me look. I happen to be a doctor. That's very kind of you. Oh, turn around to light, please. That's how it all began. Just through me getting a little piece of grit in my eye. Are you going to pictures this afternoon? Yes. How extraordinary, so am I. I thought you had to be all day at the hospital. Well, between ourselves, I killed two patients by accident this morning, and the matron is very displeased with me. I, I simply don't go back. What's she like, your wife? Madeline. Small, dark, rather delicate. How funny. I just thought she would have been fair. And your husband, what's he like? Medium height, brown hair, kindly. Unemotional, but not delicate at all. We're neither of us free to love each other. There's too much in the way. There's still time. If we control ourselves and behave like sensible human beings, there's still time. I'm an ordinary woman. I didn't think such violent things could happen to ordinary people. 
give us a kiss. Oh, do no such thing. The lady might see us. Come on, a quick one across the bar. Albert, stop it. Come on, there's a lot. Let go of me this minute. There's a Albert! Now look at me, Banbury's all over the floor. I want you to promise me something. What is it? Promise me that however unhappy you are, and however much you think things over, that you'll meet me again next Thursday. Where? Outside the hospital at 12.30. All right, I promise. Listen to all of those beautiful accents. Oh, and I promised myself I wasn't going to speak in a British accent because it is really annoying and it's a little, like, disrespectful to British people, too. So, everyone, please don't do that unless, you know, the person that you're with is British and they don't mind. But, yeah, I don't know. That's probably why I'm, like, not prepared for this episode because, you know, Brief Encounter, there's nothing to really joke about with it, you know? It's... Okay. This is a very bland movie. I think that's sort of the best way to describe it. It's a very heavy yet kind of like meh movie, you know, M-E-H, meh. I was was a little disappointed by it. I'm not going to lie. I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with this movie at all. I think it's gorgeously made, gorgeously acted. Uh, It's a very famous movie. I think for me, maybe because I just was born in the wrong decade and I'm so used to seeing like hardcore, like dramatic romances with, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of drama and a lot of scandal and a lot of sex and a lot of, you know, passion. I I think that's kind of what I was expecting with, with Brief Encounter. And it's not that type of movie at all. It's not, it's, it's a very interesting it, it's more of like a character study than a romance, I would say. Um, you know, the, the name of the movie, too, Brief Encounter, I think that kind of is a hint as to what this movie's going to be about. Because it is a movie about, you know, the, the, the everyday encounters we have with people in our lives who that, that end up changing our lives. You know what I mean? I always think about like the movie musical once. Do you remember once? So good. Once, I just have to say, I'm the man. Once came out in theaters in 2007 and nobody knew what it was except for me. And I was like, it's getting great reviews. We have to all go see it. So I made my family see it with me in Philadelphia and we all saw it. And we came back and we were telling everybody about it. And everybody looked at, looked at us like we were crazy and they were trying to gaslight us. And I kid you not, a few months later, that movie was an epic. Anyway. Brief Encounter is a similar kind of movie. Uh, There's no music, but it's similar in that it is about, you know, it's about an encounter. It's it's about a love that is there, but just somehow can't work exactly. Some critics have described Brief Encounter as a a quote-unquote weepy. You know, I think that's a stupid name to describe it, but a weepy, I mean, it's like The Notebook. It's like any Nicholas Sparks movie, you know. Uh, it, that's, that's basically what it's been described as. I think this is a sad movie, um, because it's a movie about like a missed opportunity that we as an audience 
mem- we as audience members want so much, but you know, it just doesn't happen. It's a very, uh, it's, it's, it's a very, you know, I used the word poised earlier. It's a very careful film. And I think for that reason, that's why I didn't really enjoy it that much, even though I know that its heart is in the right place. And I know what it's definitely trying to say. So a little backstory with Brief Encounter. I should talk about the director, David Lean. Uh, David Lean was a British director, uh, huge, absolutely huge director, one of um, the most famous directors of all time. He directed three of the most classic American films ever, uh, and they're epic. They're like five hours long, each of them. The Bridge on the River Kwai, 1957, Lawrence of Arabia, 1962, and Dr. Zhivago, 1965. Ugh, amazing movies. Uh, I actually don't really remember what happens in them. But uh, he was really, like, he's most known for that. If you think David Lean, you, you kind of think, like, I think at least, Peter Jackson. You know, like, th- 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 that was him. But before The Bridge on the River Kwai, which was his first real epic movie, he did a lot of smaller movies. He did a lot of movies based on plays, you know, he did, or, or famous books. He, he loved Charles Dickens. He did two adaptations. He did an adaptation of Great Expectations and then an adaptation of... Uh, uh, Oliver Twist. And Brief Encounter is similar in that it's based on a play by Noel Coward. Now, Noel Coward, oh God, what was the most famous one he did that, or I think it's the most famous? Blythe Spirit is a very famous comedic play about a ghost. I think it's about like a couple and the, the husband sees the ghost of his ex-lover or something like that. I don't know. They, they did that play my freshman year of high school and I did, I auditioned and I catastrophically failed and I don't want to get into that because it's traumatizing but yeah Noel Coward though you know he was obviously very very famous um and and uh from beginning to end Brief Encounter is exactly like a play I mean a lot of scenes are set in one setting and one setting only there's a lot of voiceover narration um, a lot of very obvious blocking of scenes and blocking of characters and when they come in. And, you know, most of all, like any old movie. Got to remember, too, so, you don't people don't, rec- people don't re- realize this. So many old movies, American, European, whatever, mostly American, though, they were based on plays. They were based on books. I think it's really interesting to read about films that were originally written, you know, like a film written and directed by someone, you know, no adapted screenplays or anything like that, but that's just how it was. And, and, you know, I think sometimes that's why I have some issues. I have no issues with plays, but one reason why I I have issues with a lot of old movies is because there's nothing wrong with, with adapting a play, but I just think that they get kind of lazy you know, the filming gets lazy. It, it, there's no, there's no experimentation with the camera. There's no experimentation with the editing or the way the actors deliver the scenes, you know, it's all just very much cut, 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 cut. You say that, you say that, you say that, you don't say that, you move that, you do a fake slap, you do a fake kiss, you do all that. It's, it's just, it's, they're all just the same. And Brief Encounter, it, 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 Except for like a few moments, it mostly is, it fits that category. You know, it's very much just a play on film. And those aren't my favorite kinds of movies. 
Now, like I said, this is not a bad movie. And I do think Lean, uh, the director, he handles this, some of those scenes a little bit better. You know, the lead in this movie, and I'm going to get into what it's about. You know, she's played by this actress named Celia Johnson. She got, she's great in this too. She got a Best Actress nomination. uh, Well-deserved as well. As you heard from the trailer, there's a lot of voiceover narration. But the way that Lean films it is kind of interesting because he will kind of slowly zoom in on her character's face and then you hear the narration and what you know what johnson respectfully does too is she does not overact with her expressions if that makes any sense you know what i'm talking about like let's say for example okay there's an act there's a character named celia and in celia's uh celia's on a train and in the in the narration celia goes oh no, did I forget to uh, turn the heat off? And then Celia's face just goes, (gasps) you know, like her face just gets so like, it's like a cartoon character almost. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you know, that drives me nuts. It was like, it was like that in uh, one of the last movies I reviewed, All About Eve. Actually, I think that was the actual last movie. I can't remember. Time is flying by. You know, there's a moment in that movie where Celeste Holm is like, fiddling around in her bedroom and putting stuff away and the narration is just so over the top it's literally like there's a moment where she goes but wait what if i do this and when when you hear that you literally just see her stop what she's doing and like go up and like put her finger to her chin to like think you know nobody does that we all talk out loud we all talk in our talk in our heads but uh, come on who actually like is that expressive with their hands and with their body language when they're thinking out loud or thinking in their head. Nobody does that. No one does. Come on, don't deny it. I talk out loud all the time. Well, not really as much because I have a dog now, so I talk to the dog, but it's kind of the same thing because they can't speak back to you, you know, but no one, no one overacts that way, you know. So I will say in Brief Encounter, I did like how there's, it's not overacted. It's, it's really not an overacted film. Um, there's one, I'll get to it. There is one phenomenal shot at the film. Kudos to the cinematographer, Robert Krasker. This shot is really, really fantastic, but it's only one shot. And it's at the very end of the movie. The rest of the movie is very much a staged setup, you know? So let's get into it though. Excuse me. Um, Brief Encounter is essentially a love story. It's set uh, in pre... I don't even know. I just read this. I totally forget at the beginning of the movie if they say this. But it's set in pre-World War II England. And uh, it's basically... It's a story about love. It's a story about two married people who meet by chance and fall in love. Very simple setup. But the movie gets a little bit deeper than that. We follow uh, Celia Johnson's character... Oh, (laughs) The example I just gave at the beginning of Celia and her name is Celia. Wow, that's just a very horrible example. For, is that an example of a Freudian slip? I don't know. I'm trying to use that example more, but that word more, but I never get it right. Celia Johnson plays Laura. Laura is a mother. She is married to the most boring man on the planet. Uh, his name is Fred. He's played by an actor named, uh, Cyr- uh Cyril Raymond, C- Cyril, C-Y-R-I-L. I have no idea how you pronounce that. Fred is that husband who like, I guess kind of loves his wife, but does not show it at all. 
has no emotion, probably has sex in like, you know, pre-ejaculates in like 10 seconds when they're having sex. Like he's that kind of husband. He's the most boring husband in the world. And he's just, yeah, he, he's, I, I don't know how else, I don't know any other definition to explain uh, Fred, but oh my God, Fred. I mean, just like awful. <laughs> I, you cringe. You're meant to cringe at this guy. You know, th this movie, like, it, it, it kicks off with um, Laura, we we find out, you know, she's a middle-class woman, uh, very evidently not happy with her husband. And when the movie starts off, you know, she's in this, like, cafe kind of restaurant. And this cafe is actually, it's, it's, it's right next to a railway station. And I did not know this, but these actually existed. They weren't called cafes. They were called refreshment rooms or railway refreshment rooms. I don't really think they're around anymore. I didn't really totally do my research on that, but it's like, they're kind of around, but like, it's, it's like a cafe, you know, like outside a train station or a subway, you can get a cup of coffee. These were a little bit different though, in that they were literally directly right next to the train. So, like, you would get in there and get coffee and crumpets or whatever, and the train would go by, and it would, it would be incredibly loud and inconvenient, and I would hate to friggin' work there. I would go deaf and, ugh, yeah, it's a nightmare. But Laura, when this movie starts off, you know, she's sitting there, and she is so maudlin, and she looks so sad and depressed, and, you know... You don't really get what's going on. And she goes back to her husband and she it, it's she basically told tells him that, you know, she fainted and he he's just so he's a loser. He doesn't really know what to do. He sets her down on this couch and um he's just like, Okay, are are you good? Cool. And he just sits across from her and like reads the newspaper and it's just not loving at all. And you're like, all right, well, this is a very depressing marriage. And uh anyway, Laura threw Narr voiceover narration explains to us, the audience, that she has this big secret to tell her husband and she doesn't really know how to. And then we get a little flashback. So Laura, like I said, uh, she really has a very boring life. She just kind of spends her days by herself. She goes to the movie, she goes shopping. Uh, you know, one day though, she and she likes to go to this refreshment room. So one day, she goes there and there's this man there. This man's name is Dr. Alec Harvey. And he's played remarkably by this uh, actor named Trevor Howard. Trevor Howard was a very famous actor. Uh, he was nominated. He did this movie called Sons and Lovers uh, many years after this movie where he got an Oscar nomination. But he did a lot. He did another movie by David Lean called Ryan's Daughter. Uh, he was in Superman, which I actually have not seen because I do not give a flying crap about Superman. I'm sorry. Not my cup of tea. Uh, but also he did a movie called The Third Man, which may be on Sight and Sound's list, and I hope it is because I have not seen that in ages. And it's a very famous movie. But, oh man, Dr. Alec Harvey, he's this young-looking, you know, very boy-next-door type of guy. He's a general practitioner, uh, and he is just so sweet so sweet and just full of bubbles and personality and, and just, you know, they hit it off right away. Now there's no immediate romantic, like, Oh, let's make out. You know, there's none of that. There's no sexual tension. It's really just a very platonic friendship. And we, we learned that, you know, yeah, like I said, he's a doctor, he's got kids, he's got a wife. 
they kind of meet just by this is where it comes in this is the brief encounter ta-da they meet they chat a little bit later on they happen to meet again at this little restaurant and this restaurant is actually a real it was a real place it was called boots the chemist or just boots and it was kind of like a like a pharmacy like like a uh, like a health store kind of like i don't know like cvs i guess and actually to my knowledge i think that they're still around in the uk i didn't take a note on this i'm sorry i did not take a note on that that just popped up in my description of this but anyway yeah they meet again and they get along they get lunch they go to the movies again and they kind of know deep down that there is something there, but they know that they're playing with fire and they shouldn't do this. Now, that's a really good thing about Brief Encounters, that these are very intelligent characters. These are characters who know that they're smart and they know that to just go into an affair like that is going to be messy. You know, these are very, very intelligent characters and they're both so right for each other. They eventually kiss. It's a very, very, like, literally like out of an Emily Bronte novel, you know, they're on this bridge, like in the countryside and they do a very old fashioned Hollywood kiss where they kiss and then they always wrap their arms, they wrap their arms around each other and, you know, move so that their lips are off camera. You know, every kiss in the history of cinema was like that. So they do that, but you know, it's not really implied that anything else happens. And, um, we get to this other scene where she, uh, goes to this flat that, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, she goes to this building that, um, is owned by this guy named Steven and Steven, uh, basically knows Alec, it turns out. And he's all, Steven is also a doctor. And this is kind of a moment where you feel like, uh, you know, Laura and Alec are finally gonna, you know, consummate their affair but, you know, Stephen walks in the door, he's a boner killer, and then um, this is where they both sort of realize, like, okay, I don't think we can do this, you know, I don't think we can do this, and they kind of sort of break it off, and they, they, they agree to no longer see each other, you know, and it's horrible, it's a horrible scene, I mean, like, they're at the train station, it's a famous shot from the movie, it's actually the cover of this episode, I think, is it? I don't remember. She is, you know, in the train and she has her head out the window and he's got his, you know, old style, like British fedora hat and suit and, and jacket and they're just gazing into each other's eyes and then the train leaves and he eventually tells her that he's leaving. He got offered a job in South Africa. He said that his brother lives there and, and uh, you know, the movie basically ends where it started off, where... Uh, they are at the, uh, you know, refreshment room again, the same place they've been, the, you know, the same setting that we see a lot in this movie. It's a huge part in this movie and they're talking. And then there's another boner killer who comes in, uh, a friend of Laura's named, uh, Dolly. So she comes in and Alec kind of, you know, gives her a hug and he, he, he leaves the, the building and, he gets on this train and it's that very obvious moment where you can just see the pain in Laura's eyes. And it's, it's, uh, you know, that moment where we are kind of like clenching our seats because us as, as audience members, we're just going, Oh my God, go run and get to him. Just leave your marriage and go to him. And, and 
there's this great shot, and this is what I mentioned before, where, you know, the camera um, begins to sort of, like, twist a little bit, like like a like counterclockwise twist, you know, and it's, it's zooming in and getting closer on Laura's face, and then as this is happening, you hear a train approaching uh, the station, and then she races out of there, and, and I think, you know, there are two interpretations to this. She either thinks that Alec is coming back on that train or you think that she's going to go kill herself. You think she's going to go hop in front of that arriving train and die because, you know, her true love is gone and she knows that it, it can't work out. Ambiguous? Yes. At least that's how I interpreted it. Did I really think she was going to jump off? I don't know. I really don't know. This all is, is you know... It, you know, praise Cecilia Johnson's performance and her her seriously nuanced performance as as Laura. Because yeah, you know, you you really do try to figure out what is going on in her head, and and you can't. So this movie ends. We are back with uh, Fred, the boring husband. There's a line in here that Fred says that just irked the crap out of me, where he says to her, uh, they're like in the bedroom, and she's looking at the mirror, and he says to her. Hurry up with all this beautifying. I want my dinner. <sighs> oh my God. But that's the way the culture was back then. I mean, that was, especially in middle-class England or middle-class America. The women did the same thing as every other woman. They came in and they did the dinner and they took care of the kids and the men brought home the bacon. And that's how it was for far too long. And that's how it was depicted in cinema for far too long. So... It's a rough moment, but the movie ends again where it began, where she basically, but this also is because Fred is just such a naive, like, bimbo, you know, she basically tells him, she tells him this much earlier on in the movie where he says, I had lunch, she tells him, I had lunch with a stranger today and he took me to the movies. Now, any typical husband would probably be like, uh, say what? That's, why? That's a, you know, that's a bit of an eye raise. Like, what, 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 what do you mean? You don't really just do that, you know? Fred's response is basically, oh, okay, cool, whatever, yeah. I'm going to go read my newspaper again. Uh, so, you know, honestly, I think that's what's frustrating is that um, Laura honestly could have probably had an affair with Alec and Fred probably would not have given two shits. I mean, honestly, but... It's, it's, it's kind of left up to whether Fred understands whether Laura had an affair or not. It's, it's kind of left open, you know, and they embrace, he, he kind of hugs her and just says, well, I'm glad that you're back and that you're feeling better. And then, you know, she hugs him back and then the movie ends Then the movie ends. Is it an impressive movie? Yes, it is. I think what I really liked about Brief Encounter is that it's not your typical romantic movie. Another big thing, and, and something that a lot of critics like, too, about the film, is that Laura and Alec are not, like, big... Or, I'm sorry, Celia Johnson and Trevor Howard. They weren't big, huge, hot Hollywood, or in this case, British actors, you know? They weren't, like big she wasn't like a leggy blonde and he wasn't like the most gorgeous man in the world you know these they looked like everyday people they look like everyday people and those are the best kind of romances you know you want the, you want those kinds i do at least 
it's good to have good-looking people. I'm not saying Johnson and Howard weren't good-looking, but, you know, it, it's good for once to just have a movie where everything is just so authentic. You know, everything feels so authentic. Nothing feels too, oh, my God, we got to get the hottest actors and, and uh, you know, get them into this movie. And another big thing, I think, why this movie has maintained such a legacy is it kind of goes back to the whole fidelity, the theme of fidelity and, and infidelity as well. I found this really interesting trivia where uh, David Lean, he said that one time he was at the train station, much like in the movie, and this guy came up to him and was really angry and vitriolic and basically said, um, he said, quote, do you realize, sir, that if Celia Johnson could contemplate being unfaithful to, unfaithful to her husband, my wife could contemplate being unfaithful to me? So people were really taken aback that this movie you know, dealt with this really taboo theme of infidelity. Now, I'm a little flabbergasted by that because this was 1945 this movie came out. I feel like there were movies beforehand where characters had affairs. So I think maybe that's why I don't get the big deal about Brief Encounter. You know, I don't really get why what was so unforgettably, you know, uh, 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 riveting about it and and unforgettable you know ugh, i keep saying unforgettable i can't think of any other word my apologies you know what i'm saying though i, I you, you catch my drift there i don't really understand that i don't really get why this theme of infidelity was so big and popular i mean i did i read some other trivia that you know this came out this was actually filmed during the very end of world war ii they actually stopped filming uh the day that the germans surrendered uh what was it ve day may 8th yeah uh, they stopped filming that day to celebrate, which is really cool. But I, I read something that uh, even though this isn't a war movie, I think the movie captured the zeitgeist of the era of of that era. And in, 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 uh, ironically, you know, because this was a time when all these women's husbands were at war and not every one of them was in a good marriage and not every one of them was probably satisfied when they were gone sexually satisfied that is you know there were probably you got to think about the countless amount of women who probably did you know participate in affairs or think of participating in affairs uh during the war so i think maybe that's probably why this movie has has maintained its legacy was because it did touch into that zeitgeist of World War II and, and wives and husbands and love and, oh my God, C-H-E-A-T. What if people cheat on each other? No, no, no. Wait, I said that wrong. What if married people, what if married people with children cheat on each other? <gasps> Home alone face, you know? Home alone face. I think Brief Encounter, I will recommend this movie. I think if you love old school romance, then you will like this movie because it is a little different. I think if you aren't into the big, very old school, I've said old school like 50 times during this episode. I say it every episode. I'm sorry. I think if you're into the um, old fashioned movies that are very staged and based on plays, I forgot what I was saying. If you're into movies like that, then yes, you will be into that, this movie and you will be into Brief Encounter. If you're not and you're like me, you may be a little bored. You may be. Um, 
You may be. And I think also I personally just didn't enjoy Brief Encounter as much because as much as what I understand what it's trying to be, what it's trying to say and as, as intelligently written as it is, I wanted these people to boink like crazy. I want satisfaction. When I see a love story, I want them to consummate and kiss and smooch and cheat on each other. Even though it's all fictionalized, I want that, you know? I am a romantic. I want that in, in romance movies. And it doesn't happen in this movie. So, yeah, it is what it is. What is the moral of Brief Encounter? Uh, the moral is... Oh, man, love is messy. But you know what's also messy? Affairs. They are. And I think if you're ever in a bad spot with your uh, someone right now and you have the urge to cheat on them, don't do it. Don't do it. Because you know what? It may work out fine, but a lot of the times it does not. Unless you guys are in an open relationship, then do what you want. But then, you know, that, wouldn't really, that doesn't really relate to this movie then. Anyway, Brief Encounter, you can uh, stream this movie on the Criterion channel, and you can also stream it on HBO Max, except it's actually not called HBO Max anymore. I know this because I turned on my TV, and it's now called Max, I think? Is it just called Max? Everybody is changing everything, and it's driving me freaking crazy. I just want to hold on. Wait, before you go, I forgot to take this note. I'm sorry. I just want to double check because I do not want to give out the wrong information. Uh, yes, it is on Max. Not HBO Max, Max. Max, 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 Max. Say that 10 times really fast. Woof. Okay. This is awesome as always, you guys. Thank you for uh, tuning into this episode. If I'm reviewing here, new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Leave a review if you'd like. Be honest. If you disagree with me, if you think I'm a schmuck, do it. Bring it on. I don't give a fuck. Do it. Uh, I think it's really fun. I think podcasting is really, really fun. You don't need to be with someone to do it. You can do it on your own if you believe in something and you want to help people or if you're just, you know, annoying and narcissistic like me. You can do it. I'm not entirely narcissistic, though. There is a purpose to this podcast, and I hope that you are getting a kick out of it. And I hope that, you know, you are tuning in and watching these movies. And if you do like them after I've recommended them, wonderful. I'm doing my job. My job. Jab? Job? I can't speak. I need to eat. You know, my buzzer just went off too, so I gotta go eat. Bye, everybody. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Oh, and lastly, YouTube. I'm on YouTube. Rate, uh, subscribe to this. I'm reviewing her on YouTube if you'd like. Instagram I'm on as well. I'm not even gonna say the joke about my bussy. That's my Instagram name, but I kind of just said the joke now. No, I kind of didn't. All right, I'm not gonna go there. I'm gonna go eat. Bye-bye.